What's going on, beautiful people? This is Jovan Miller, and you're listening to the Give It Context podcast. Should college student-athletes be paid? Part 3. And this is actually a very special time because this is the first time, uh, as you guys have requested, we'll have a special guest. So, without further ado, I'd like to introduce somebody who's been incredibly integral to my soul journey as far as the sport management world. And he was the one who kind of got me uh, into <laughs> sports from the ethical uh, side of things. Dr. Lyons, Dr. Robert Lyons. How are you, sir? I'm well. Thank you for having me. It's, it's, it's an honor and pleasure to be on the show. <laughs> I'm serious. It really, really is. Thank, so, thank you. you. No, thank you. Yeah. Um, well, I guess we should give a little background as to how we met. So here's a little short story. I was uh, coaching lacrosse at the Division Two level at Queen's University of Charlotte. And uh, this is the long. it was the longest amount of time I'd been without going to school. I had just graduated <laughs> from uh, Syracuse University a few years uh, before that. And I was really bored. So I checked with my head coach. I said, um, as a coach here, am I able to take classes for free or whatever? So I started out. I said, hey, you know what? Let me just take a few classes just because it's something to do. Right. Not going to pursue a, another degree. And then sports, ethics, that class. It, it, it hooked me. <laughs> so what was the basis of, of the idea of the class for sport, the sport ethics class? Well, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, though. Sure. Uh, we met going up on the elevator okay. in Rogers yeah. with, um, with uh, Austin. Uh, Oswinkle, yeah, I, yeah, 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 yes, yeah. yes, okay. And, um, <laughs> and so I was, uh, yeah, I was happy to have you. You, 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 you brought a, a lot of maturity to a, oh, to a young... <laughs> me? Yes. Yikes. To a lot of uh, to a lot of the classes, but the what it was interesting when I met you is when I first actually when I first started working at Queens. Gotcha. Yeah, and so uh, the um, I, I can't take credit for the creation of the class. The classes were already created before I got here. Gotcha. Uh, but I, I I do enjoy that class, and we still we still teach that class as well. Really? Uh, yes, we do. And and really, the basis of that class is to really um, get students to think critically. Okay. About um, ethical issues in sport, you know, okay. ethical racial issues, social issues, yeah. political issues. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, and have them to make sure that they have some healthy dialogue. Yeah, uh, and that's key. Healthy dialogue in, in regards to these uh, ethical issues, and to determine what is ethical and what's not. What's ethical. not ethical? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, along those same lines, it's actually the the as a great segue. We know, I'm going to say, since the early 90s in particular, mm-hmm. uh, Fab Five really started to open our eyes to that idea of um, an ongoing debate now, especially in sports, collegiate sports, right. uh, is whether college student-athletes should be paid or not. Right. Um, and from an ethics standpoint, as you were uh, alluding to, I mean, what, what do you feel like can be done about it? What, what do you feel like the, what do you think is the biggest issue, you know, right now with that? Uh, I think you know what the biggest issue is is um, <laughs> from an ethical standpoint. Uh, whenever you, it's, it's sad to say, but whenever you introduce money into a system, yes, sir, you introduce corruption, unfortunately. Mm. Um, and, and and then uh, this whole idea of, of fairness. What's fair? What's fair compensation? Yes, sir. Uh, and so, uh, so say for example, you know, we do introduce this idea of paying student athletes then the question becomes and you know you and I've had this conversation before For sure um, when you start looking at um, take Johnny Manziel for example okay when he was at Texas A&M yes sir you know the amount of, the amount of money that Johnny Manziel just generated from who he was his personality yes, for sure I mean can you really say that the guy who was sitting on the bench would generate that much money yeah. from Texas A&M at the time no the house that Johnny built is what I call it. Right. <laughs> yeah, let's be honest. Uh, what after he went after he went to Texas A and M, they expanded their uh, stadium, Kyle Field, Kyle by, another, Field. Uh, by another what twelve thousand fans, yeah, twelve thousand seats. Yeah, interestingly enough, I taught there. Really, yeah, I taught at Texas A okay, and M. Okay, okay. And, and, and interestingly enough, my <laughs> office was in Kyle Field. Are you serious? Yes. Yep. And, oh and my sure goodness. And okay. So, uh, uh, at the time, the stadium. It was between seventy-seven thousand and eighty thousand. 
So right now they're probably they're probably north of ninety thousand. They're actually well over a hundred. I oh, actually wow. looked it up okay. just recently. Yeah. They've done a number of expansions to it on you know a few yeah. sides of it. Yeah, and, uh, you know. Football's big in Texas. It's, uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> I, I got you. Yeah. I got you. Um, so my next question, I guess, would be, um, as you you were talking about Johnny Manziel, he's a great example. Right. Um, of course, he ended up being suspended for what two games? Or yeah, something like something that. like that for yeah. for um, you know signing off on some memorabilia. And yeah. then, um, but we've had a million different examples of that. We've Ma- had Maurice uh, Claret. Claret. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, who else? Todd Gurley, even you know, huh. uh, yeah, Todd yeah. Gurley as well. Um, unfortunately, lost right. in the Super Bowl yesterday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> screw you, Patriots. Um, but yeah, it it's uh, there's it's it seems like it's an ongoing thing. Um, there was somebody that I wanted to bring to everybody's attention to kids who are out there who are big video game players mm. that uh, missed the boat of playing college uh, basketball or college football. On Xbox, you know, <laughs> or uh, you know, any of those right. different uh, game man. consoles, right. at O'Bannon, right, for what he was trying to do. Yeah, well, Ed O'Bannon, um, you know, he sued. You know, at the time, Ed O'Bannon played um, basketball for UCLA. Yeah, and um, uh, you know, years after his uh, playing days, you know, um, I think it was EA Sports. Yes, they were using um, his likeness on one of their, you know, one yeah. of their games. Yes, sir. Um, and, you know, Ed O'Bannon said, you know, this looks like me using my image, um, my likeness, uh, without my permission. And you're making money off of it. Mm. And so as a result, um, I am, I should be doing some compensation, some type of royalty fees. Gotcha. And so, you know, you have issues like that, you know, because, you know, it's, it, it goes, again, you're looking at an ethical standpoint. Um, you're exploiting me. Gotcha. You're exploiting me. And uh, you're making money off of my likeness, my image, my name. Without my permission, that's gotcha. that's a, that's a you know that's a case of uh, exploitation. So yeah, you do have a um, you know college athletes do, in my opinion, have a a legitimate um, uh, gripe, if you will, yeah, uh, to to lay claim to some of these things that they they feel they're entitled to, especially in terms of payment. In terms of payment, yeah. so what would you say to any of the people out there that say a four year college education? Equates to compensation. No, I would, I would, um, I wouldn't argue that. Uh, it, it depends on the scholarship, though. Depends mm-hmm. on the type of scholarship. I mean, okay. and what it covers. Um, you know, you talk to you talk to a lot of student athletes. They'll tell you because of the time that we put in. <coughs> excuse me, uh, on games and uh, practices and everything. You know, sometimes we don't have time to, like, for example, eat. And work yeah. and make money gotcha. uh, to do some things that you know we we would like to do. So yeah, I would agree that scholarships are, are um, a great way to fund, um, you know, fund an education. Because you know, remember, you're student athletes. In, yeah, in theory, you're student athletes. Yeah. Um, so there's a few things I've been there. I've you juggle some of the things around, especially you watch a lot of sports like yeah. I do. Um, ESPN. Okay. Mm-hmm. So ESPN, as you know, have, has opened up in the last about ten. I'm going to say 10 to 15 years, has opened up a whole uh, section of their, uh, of the, not only the amateur sports part, but they went, not just from college, they have actually went into high school. So now you're hiring guys to go around the country Mm -hmm. and rate these kids from the ESPN 1 to the ESPN 30, excuse me, 300, excuse me. And, I mean, do you feel like that's even exploitation, you know, at, at some point? Yeah, again, you, you, there's a lot of factors that play into all these things. When you start, it is interesting. When I, I, I shared with my students, you know, I'm, I'm older, so yeah. this whole idea, when I start seeing um, high school kids and high school games on television, yeah, and, uh, you know, the scouts yes. and, and all the trainers and the people who are uh, pouring money into high school athletics, it's just, to me, it's just like, it's just like, the greatest, one of the biggest paradigm shifts. Because when I was growing up, you just didn't see this. No. Um, so, you know, you think, for example, um, you know, McDonald's had, for years, for decades now, has had the McDonald's All-Star Game, and yeah. that's grown. You know, Michael Jordan has his All-Star Game. The Jordan Brand, yeah, classic. The classic now, um, yeah. And then, um, you know, the Army and Under Armour do the football games for high school. I did the uh, lacrosse game, actually, when yeah, I was in high school. Exactly. Yes, so, so you have a lot of these, um, these big companies uh, pouring money in. And here's the issue. 
uh, when it comes to high school athletics, and a lot of it uh, is in college athletics as well. When you're trying to run an athletic program, you need money. You have to buy pay, 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 for, pay the coaching salaries, mm-hmm. pay for the equipment, for the athletes, mm-hmm. for the travel, yep. the food, yep. the whole nine yards, yes, uh, upkeep of the uh, facilities. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are a lot of costs. And so the question becomes, okay, where do we get this money? And, uh, you know, when you look at uh, educational, our educational system in the U.S., uh, both college and, um, and high school, you know, the you know, budgets are drying up. So hence we turn to sponsors to fund these things for us. And so now you have to ask yourself, um, how far am I willing to go? How much money am I willing to take? Yeah. And when you take this money, you are making a sacrifice. You're giving up something. So what am I willing to give up? Give up. Yeah. Okay. Um, I also heard as a, as a way to maybe, I'm, I'm not going to say water down, but to figure out a way around to, to keep the kids Engage with the academics, but also stay, you know, in their sport is stipends. They've been talking yeah. about the possibility of stipend. Now, to anybody out there, look, I played, you guys have heard my story before, I played Division One lacrosse at Syracuse University, and the one thing we used to pray for when we were playing lacrosse there was uh, away games. <laughs> so, so uh, just, just a little a quick note on that. The reason why I used to say that is because when you travel, if you're on the traveling team, yes. um, when you got on the bus, or usually we'd be in team sweats or whatever, and depending on how long it was, our restriction was if it was over six hours uh, to get to the destination, we could fly. Okay. So most of our games were not at, you know, outside of six hours. Yeah. <laughs> I only flew twice. We flew to Virginia, University okay. of Virginia, and we flew to Notre Dame. Okay. We played both teams away. But uh, one of the cool things, actually not cool things, but one of the things we learned was that when you went um, for road trips, you got uh, money. Right. They give you $30. Okay. <laughs> now, if you're, not a, if you're a college student, you understand $30 no, yes. is like a million. Yeah. Okay. So what we used to pray for is that when we got the schedule that came out, that we'd have more home, I mean, way more away games <laughs> so that we could just have a little bit of money, you right. know, um, um, some um, expendable cash. Yeah. Um, the issue is, what what do you believe as far as the stipends? I mean, what how often would, if they gave stipends? I mean, what are the the goods, the bads, what indifference? Uh, again, whenever there's a um, whenever you start dispensing money, there's a re, there's a requirement. Yeah, there's there's a um, yeah there's a requirement on the, on the person who receives the, uh, the money. So there's an expectation as well. I think stipends can work when you start talking college athletics. <laughs> let me back up. <laughs> We started talking college athletics and money. Yeah, you always you have to always ask yourself who's managing the money, and are they managing the money responsibly? Yeah. Uh, and and contrary to popular belief, uh, athletic departments on college campuses are part of the university. See mm-hmm. what people don't understand is, uh, and, it, and it gets so it's easy to get overlooked when you start seeing. Like all these high-profile coaches, uh, like Saban down at Alabama, or Sweeney right now, Sweeney, yeah. uh, Calipari, yeah. uh, uh, Roy Williams, you know, Coach K, yeah. you know, yeah. these guys. You you have a sense that, and in some cases it may be true. Uh, you have a sense that these guys run their athletic departments, and for in, sure, in some cases maybe even sure. run the university. One thousand percent. However, uh, the university is interesting. The NCAA um, uh, model is that university presidents. Are the are the ones who sit on these committees and boards? These are, these are the heads of the athletic departments. So, when it, for example, when it's, if a coach does something egregious you know, mm-hmm. to the point where they get, they're supposed to get fired, yeah, it's the university president who has you know who, who makes who, the decision. Yeah, decision. Yeah. Now they'll, they'll, they may pass it down to the athletic director, yeah. but the university president is the one he or she or they are responsible. He swings the gamble. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so you have to ask yourself who who controls the money, okay? And it, and are they responsible? I think stipends are again. When you start, and I was a student athlete, sure, and uh, you know, when you, and it, it, it's hard to understand the life of a student athlete if you've never been a student athlete. Um, gotcha. And so, yes, I, I, when you said thirty dollars, me, my eyes lit up. I mean, yes, <laughs> I mean, if I were, crazy. If I was yeah. a student athlete and I was getting cash on the road, yes, I'll be ecstatic. So I think stipends are, are a great way to meet to meet needs uh, that that are unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. So if you can identify which needs are being unfulfilled and what the cost of those needs are, then I think stipends are a great, are a great way to supplement those needs. I mean, yeah. you, you've heard the stories about, you know, coaches have to pay for some of their student athletes to buy toothpaste. 
It's, yeah, you know, it's unbelievable. You know, yeah. it's, it's on, you know, like toiletries and things like that. And so, I mean, you think, you think about it. I recruit this uh, young man, a young woman, yeah. to come play for me. And I sell them on whatever aspect or aspects plural of the university. Yeah, I believe we have a responsibility. Yeah. Um, and, and you think about it, you know, athletes, uh, whether they're D- Division One, Two, or Three, NAIA or NCAA, yeah. um, you, you are putting your body on the line. And you are putting your time on the line. So now, sure. some people would say, well, that's a personal choice. And I, I do understand I that. that yeah. um, I do agree with that. But, however, at the same time, um, I, the reality is I am still putting my body on the line. And at the same time, um, while doing that, I'm representing the university. University, yeah. Um, Who takes all the credit when you guys win. Right. You know, and, and not culpable in times of, you know. It was, it was interesting. I have a... Um, uh, I used to work with a consultant down at the University of South Carolina okay. in Columbia. And he told me one thing that was very interesting. You know, we, we worked together um, planning out. He worked, uh, worked for me, helping me to um, uh, strategize. I, I, I ran a freshman orientation program at my former institution. Gotcha. So we were talking about some issues on how to make, uh, how to make freshman life easy, how to, how to make the great transition from high school. Yeah, make it to, easier. To college. Sure. But he told me something interesting in one of our talks. He said, he said about 35 to 40% of the freshman entering class, and this is over, over, over a series of, uh, uh, of years. He said yeah. every freshman class that comes in the University of South Carolina, he said 35 to 40% of them attend there because of one sport and one thing only. That's it. Football. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. Those, those, he said 35%. So you think, <laughs> but they have entering classes of like 8,000 students. So yeah. you about 2,400 to 3,000 students are attending simply because of football. Mm. Gamecock football. That's crazy. And I, I'm sure that would be the same thing for Notre Dame, Texas. Yeah, for Texas sure. A&M, for sure. Um, probably Syracuse for you, for lacrosse yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And basketball. You know? Oh, yeah, basketball so for the, sure. So the thing is, okay, yes. To, to the outsider, well, they're getting a stipend. That's not fair. What about the kids who don't play sports, et cetera? Well, you know, the, the young men and young women that do play sports, I always say when um, when athletes travel mm-hmm. outside their, their home city, sure. whenever they travel, I call them, uh, I say you guys are like traveling billboards. You represent this university wherever you go. Yeah. And the city that you find or the area that you wind up staying in, uh, you bring all the, for you example, you bring all the orange and blue. You bring yeah, Syracuse with you. You take sure. Syracuse with you down to Florida. If yeah. you guys play in Florida. Yeah. So there may be some family or some children down in Florida that say, hey, you know what? I heard of Syracuse. I want to travel up there and see what it's all about. I mean, you guys are traveling billboards. You guys are advertisement yeah. for the institution. We're free of advertisement. Yes, and, and, um, and that's even more, uh, that even becomes more so prominent if you're a Division two institution or three. Which I was actually gonna well ask you actually at lower tier division one as well where yeah. um for example, if anybody doesn't know this, um we've spoken about this a number of times as well. Yeah. First games of the season for a lot of these, you know, if you're Ohio State, if you're uh, University of Michigan, you play Joe Schmo State. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and <laughs> and a lot of people say, Well, why are they playing them? And that's the guarantee fee. Right. Yeah. Where so guarantee fee, it's both uh, most basic form is a, uh, I'm not going to say a scrub team. A, a, <laughs> a team that's not very good right. agrees to play one of these big schools. And in most cases, unless you're what, you know, South Dakota State of a few years ago right. or Appalachian State they, of a few yeah, years yeah, ago, right. usually they get destroyed. Oh, okay? Yeah. <laughs> what happens is, is that the big university pays that school right. a exorbitant amount of money to come and get destroyed. It's like leading lambs to the slaughter. <laughs> and, but that money that that uh, smaller team receives, it ends up funding, correct? Yeah, the uh, um, Florida, this was a few years ago, Florida State, um, some something happened. I don't know what happened. It was very unusual. Yeah. Florida State football had a team on their schedule that I don't know if the team backed out or something happened, something went awry. And okay. they, they needed someone to play. So mm-hmm. they, um, they looked north to Savannah State yeah, uh, Savannah State. Yeah, gotcha. And uh, uh, they paid Savannah State $429,000 <laughs> to come down there. And as you said, they got destroyed. Got destroyed. Ohio State played someone. Florida A&M, I think it is. And they beat them like 88 to nothing. Yeah, but it's they, A&M, yeah. But they, beat, they paid A&M uh, 900, I never forget, $959,000 to, um, to come up there and play. Almost a million dollars to come up there and play. And play. Yes, that is absurd. No. So, so like I said, anybody listening to that, that so if you go to one of these smaller schools, especially to play football, 
and you guys look at your schedule and it sees, you know, you're going to go and play in the horseshoe or going to play right. in the big house, just know, as cool as it may be, <laughs> the idea is that you're technically uh, taking a sacrifice for the betterment of the right. athletic department, um, which actually leads us to Division Two and Three, where there's a lot of misconceptions about how uh, the scholarship stuff works with Division Two and Three. Well, in division, you know, I'll start from the um, bottom, not not a negative way. I'll say bottom up, but not a negative way. Sure. Um, you start looking at division three. Division three, there are no um, division three. The uh, athletics do, they do not award um, athletic scholarships at all. Gotcha. Um, so any any aid that you receive from a division three institution uh, is strictly, for example, like grants that you may get, like Pell grants, for example, yeah. or if the institution and or I should say and or if the institution itself. Um, gives a scholarship to a student. Yeah, you can give money that way, and then through the other traditional means by which students fund themselves, loans, etc. Mm-hmm. But there are no athletic scholarships given to a Division three team. This is why you see, for example, and um, you may remember this school uh, because they were in our conference when you were here, Pfeiffer. Okay, yes. Uh, Pfeiffer University. Pfeiffer University was, um, you know, would um, play in our conference, the uh, the South, Southern South Athletic Conference, the SAC. Uh, Pfeiffer was one of our Division two rivals. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Division Two opponents, I don't know if they were our rivals, but at any rate, Pfeiffer, because of um, the university, you know, was dealing with some financial issues. Sure. Pfeiffer, uh, they, the university made the decision to drop down from Division Two to Division Three. Wow. So you save a lot of uh, scholarship money, yeah. uh, and it goes back into your university coffers. Uh, so in Division Three, there are no athletic scholarships uh, given to student-athletes. So student-athletes are funding, funding their uh, education just like non-student-athletes in Division Three. But when you look at Division Two, yeah, you know, Division Two is an interesting bird, so to speak. Division Two athletes receive partial scholarships. Okay, uh, so you you don't get the um, athletics doesn't cover everything. It's a partial um, scholarship. Now, partial is relative. I was going to say so. Uh, so describe, you know, explain partial. Partial, you know, for example, let's say for example, um, uh, tuition, room and board is. Twenty thousand dollars. Okay. Uh, a student athlete at a Division Two institution can receive uh, not the full twenty thousand. They they can receive you know maybe again it depends on who the athlete is. Mm-hmm. If you're a, uh, if a coach really wants you, you know you're quote unquote a um, a high profile player coming out of uh, college and you've been heavily heavily recruited by this Division Two institution. They can give you like fifteen to sixteen thousand dollars. You so know, you're only coming out of pocket with what four? Yeah, and if you you know you get the Pell grants or whatever else you may be eligible for, yeah, you could. So you could go for free. Yeah, basically, yes. Uh, now, if it's another Division two uh, student athlete, you know, partial for them, it's still partial. It's not the full thing. It could be like two thousand dollars. You know, then wow. this, this may be a another athlete who may not be you know the star athlete, sure, or a starter on the team, sure. or maybe one of the starters, but not the best. Yeah. So partial is relative, and um, and and so so it's a sliding scale. Per se, it, it can be okay, and it can be just a coach's decision. I mean, you know, for example, the, the say, for example, a male tennis player, he may be a great tennis player, and, and, and um, the coach may say he, he may not be the best student athlete, the best student on the team, yeah. he's just the best tennis player, yeah. And as a result, we're going to fund give him the money more money than we give like Golly, someone, yeah. Else, yeah, someone else, yeah, yeah, so, for, for sure, yeah. Um, as you well, um. You alluded to Division One's really interesting because, well, lacrosse in particular, we get twelve and a half scholarships yes. per year, yes. um, and you're supposed to, I guess, from a monetary situation, you're supposed to kind of sprinkle it here and then sprinkle it there. Right. And you're kind of, you know, you're trying to make the numbers work. Right. Um, and then if it's a, somebody who's incredibly high profile, of course, he's a highly touted recruit. Right. He's just getting a full. Forget yes. all this other stuff. Right. We're gonna give him a full. Exactly. <laughs> no, so, so um, the one thing I used to say about my team was uh, that when we had when we got to the number about fifty, you know, you can only play ten guys right you know, at, at a time, and it came down to do we have a bunch? We have a bunch of GPA guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, yeah. I mean that's yeah. that's really that's really true. I mean you, uh, I mean we yeah you know, we laugh jokingly, but that, I mean you know. A wink and a nod, but oh, everybody knows that. Everybody yeah. knows that to be true. You know, yeah. you have um, you have guys on your team who aren't playing, but you know, academically they're academically strong. Yes, and they they help boost your they GPA. help boost the GPA, right. um, and then they help the 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 coach right. cover their numbers of well, we're graduating this many, exactly. we're doing whatever too. Exactly. Because um, I always tell kids, listen, 
Um, you might have 85 people on a Division One team, or in my case, we'd have 50. 25 to 30 of those dudes can ball. Right. <laughs> 20 of those dudes can, like, really, really play. Right. Okay? The other dudes are like, he's good spot, good in spots. And there's right. other kids who are like, well, my dad went here. Right, exactly. My grandfather <laughs> went here. My dad went, you know. So so I, I feel like it's always a misconception is that everybody that plays on that roster right. is, is good enough to play there. No, like you said earlier, they're, they're GPA guys. And the NCAA is really, um, I guess, strict in, strict in some regard as to how many scholarships each team is awarded. You know, so football, Division One football, you're looking at the numbers like well, 80, I think 85. Gotcha. Um, this is why you see when a, when a team uh, receives sanctions for bad behavior by the NCAA, yeah. one of the first things the NCAA will do was will, um, they may, um, you know, for example, vacate some games from the previous year. But one of the things they do, they take scholarships. Yeah. They reduce the number of scholarships. Um, and that's, and that's, you know, that's seen as a form of punishment for you. But yeah, they'll go after scholarships, though. So... As we know, um, our well, I, I, a lot of people do not understand this. I try to explain to them, especially my followers, is that one of America's biggest exports is sports. Oh, God, yes. It's one of our biggest exports. Yes. So if you're out there listening, just know that it's not always about, you know, uh, <laughs> our economy and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, sports in itself is an economy. Right. Okay? Um, gearing over toward the two sports in particular that seem to get the most buzz when it comes to paying players. Mm-hmm. Football and basketball. Right. Let me ask you this: uh, Do you believe that there is any benefit to a Carmelo Anthony esque kind of player or a LeBron James kind of player going to college for one year? Is there any benefit for them? Yes. Like, what's the what is you know from that one year? Right. What's the benefit? I, I don't. Now you're talking to a guy who's, who's an I'm an academician, so I look. So, so I mean, but you're also talking to a realist. Yeah. Um, the the realist says that one year will benefit the institution, probably more so than it will benefit the athlete. For sure. Um, the academician in me says it's all hypocrisy because when a student, what, what the the whole goal. Of college is to graduate. Yes, that's the goal. Yeah. I mean, it really is. And I, yeah. I tell students this all the time, especially high schoolers. The one thing I always say: the great thing about college is that regardless if you meet a friend who's uninspired at college, sure. or meet one that's very inspired. The whole idea of college is that everybody's working toward a goal. Yeah, you know, you're surrounded by a whole bunch of people. Again, some For may sure. be lackluster, trying yeah. to find their way. Other may be high energy, yeah, or highly motivated, but they're all working toward a goal. A and that goal. goal is to graduate. Yeah, and uh, so you know, when I see you know the you know quote unquote one and dones, I mean, I mean, we're not you know no one's foolish anymore. It's, it's hypocrisy. You're not bringing in this this young man or this young um. And it's, you know, I see some uh, not so much so much young women, but young men are coming in, and and yes, they're coming in to um. um Help that help that coach win a championship for that year. Yeah. Uh, yes, it'll bring more attention to that institution, but it but it's very very hypocritical, okay. uh, and it helps the team more than it helps helps the player. And this is when you know, you know when you start um, again. I'm older. We did see a lot of guys coming out of high school going going to um, the pros. It yeah. just didn't happen. The first guy was um, a guy um, named Bill Willoughby. Back in 1974, 1975, okay. he left high school and went to the uh, Atlanta Hawks. Wow. Then I okay. think um, after him, the second guy, you know, was an NBA legend. You know, Mo- guy, Moses, Mo- Moses, yeah, Moses Malone, right? Yeah. Yeah. Moses Malone yeah, from Virginia. Yeah. Um, he went to play in the ABA team. I think it was the Virginia, Virginia Squires. I could be wrong, but, he, okay. but Moses Malone. But now you're starting to see the floodgates open. And, and, and the, the, the question becomes, I mean, who, if you have a, a young man, and a young African-American man, to be honest with you, yeah. um, who is, whose family has struggled, mm-hmm. you know, financially to make yeah. ends meet. And I can go pro and make more money than I've ever dreamed of. Yeah. Um, and, and, and not go to college because I don't want to go to college anyway. Because if if going, and I, again, I'm an academician. I, I no, totally I, understand I, the value of college. I completely get it. But sure. at the end of the day, if I graduate in four years and maybe come out making, making like maybe... Fifty or sixty thousand, sure. Which is nothing to sneeze at. No. Trust me, it's not. Compared to 
15 to 16 million plus the shoe deals I'm going to get if I'm if I'm that very very high yeah. profile or the other endorsement deals I mean it's really just in a, in a capitalistic society it's a no brainer I'm leaving high school I'm, leaving, I'm, I'm, I'm going, going to college yeah so do you feel like America especially from an American standpoint do you feel like we're not doing a very good job of trying to differentiate the importance of the 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 academic side of things versus the sports part I I I've, I think we've done a, a great job of doing both. I think what we haven't done a great job of is just exposing and talking about the hypocrisy of it. Mm, okay. So we'll, we'll talk around it, but we'll never talk about the hypocrisy of it. Now, there's some folk out there that are doing it. Yeah. Because if we, if we really address the hypocrisy... Like myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if we really address the, the hypocrisy about it, then we would, we would probably see more kids... Um, coming out, we're talking about basketball. Yeah, right we're now. talking about if we're, we're talking, talking about, about basketball yeah. going going. Uh, if they were good enough, going out, uh, leaving high school and going to the pros. Now yeah. I know we have a G League now, which is kind of like a, a farm system. Sure. Um, in in a lot of respects. Okay. But if a, a young man is is really that, I mean, he's really that good to come out of high school and go to um, go pro. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Well, as people don't know, well, if if you know anything about how school works. Uh, most schools are on the what was it you know two semester system. Yes, there are some that are trimesters, yeah. but for the most part, you have a lot of people that are in that. Um, you know, you have two semesters. Right. That first semester, um, if you're a one and done caliber player, mm-hmm. so it, it depends on when your season starts. Exactly. If your season starts, and this is just information for the parent listening or anything like that, if you play a fall sport. Your son or daughter usually has to report early during the summertime. Right. They take a lot of summer classes, and then when, during the course of their season, they'll usually take 12 credits, the right. minimum you need to maintain a full-time student right. uh, tag. And they're usually Joe Schmo classes just to keep you eligible mm-hmm. and, and, and in many cases. Mm-hmm. What happens is over the course of your degree, as you're getting closer to receiving your degree, of course, you get into your actual major. Right. Um, now, with basketball, because it technically starts in fall-ish and right. goes into the second semester, you're only required to do one thing in particular. And that is, you have to make sure that you are eligible GPA-wise by the time your season starts. And then if you're one and done, you don't have to go to school the second semester. <laughs> yeah. You just play basketball. Yeah. Um, and again, so, you know, back to the initial point, the initial you know, question was, what is the, you know, what is that one year of just doing the bare minimum? What is that truly doing for those who do not plan on finishing their four-year education? I, and I think it, it depends on the individual. So, some, some guys are very invested. Uh, you know, and there's some coaches out there, some high-profile coaches out there, that uh, really do a good job of making sure their 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 students student athletes yes. are um, you know graduating. Some some have <laughs> some even have their their uh, players promise them that they'll come back and finish finish their degree. Yeah. You know those types of things, and that's that's not binding though. Uh, but what is it really doing for the student athlete? I guess generally speaking, um, Jovan, I I think what they're I think what we're conditioning them to 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 believe is that um, in order for me to get to my next step, this is something I have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I see this as a process, um, it, even though it may be somewhat hypocritical. It's just mm-hmm. part of the it's just part of the game I have to play. Gotcha. To to get where I need to go, and um, uh, if this is how you know some some players may I don't know, but some players may have this mentality. Well, this is how they're going to use me. I'm going to use them as well. Okay. So it it, it depends on it depends on each individual, uh, but I think again. I think the, the hypocrisy of it all for me is what's um, what's very astounding. If we're just gonna let's let's just address it and just call it what it is, sure, and and let's move on from there. Gotcha. Address it, call it what it is, and move on from there. So there was one really interesting point we were talking about before, where um, a lot of these basketball and football schools um, have this belief that like all of Division One and stuff that they all make money. No. <laughs> And they and and by the way out there, um, some of the schools you may support, they may not make money. 
Just throwing that out there. So what do you mean by that? The yeah. return of profit, right? Right. Uh, making up. So you know, in, in generally speaking, in the, in the world of finance, <laughs> um, <laughs> if you are making more money than you spend, you know, you have a profit. Yeah. You're bringing more money in, you're making a profit. Uh, most uh, athletic programs do not. An overwhelming amount do not. Uh, the last number I heard was that in Division One, uh, this Division One football schools, you have about 120 some odd Division uh, Division One uh, football yeah. institutions. Um, only 22 make a profit. Wow! So that's like one fifth, like 20 percent. Yeah, for sure. Make a profit. Um, Alabama being one of them. Michigan sure. being another one. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State and maybe a few uh, a few of the others I'm leaving out of there. Um, Texas, of course. Texas, yeah, Texas, yeah, Texas, Texas of course, Yeah. Uh, you know, and there, and there there are others as well, and and see, here's um, the the main two revenue drivers, and this is in professional sports as well as, as big time college athletics. The main two revenue drivers are ticket sales and television revenue. Yeah. And so, if you're in a conference um, that has a great television contract, like the SEC, okay, you know, so Vanderbilt is, you know, they're getting <laughs> <laughs> Vanderbilt is getting um, some you know, con, you know television contract yeah. money. Um, and you're selling, you know, you're selling a lot of tickets. You have a rabbit fan base, yeah, um, that's you know willing to purchase tickets years in advance. I.e., a Notre Dame, i.e., a Texas A&M. Gotcha. These fans are purchasing tickets years in advance to attend games. Gotcha. So if you have a rabbit fan base and you have a great, your uh, conference has a great television contract, um, uh, then then you're 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 uh, you're, you're gonna you put yourself in a position to make a profit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, other revenue streams come from sponsorships, you know, advertisements, sure, um, and and and, uh, and and some uh, you know, um, donations from boosters. Boosters, I was yeah. going to say that uh, that's the big one. Yeah, man. And so you know, if you again, but you have to have a booster base that is um, rabbit, not only rabbit, but they have the disposable income. Yeah, to donate, and it's interesting too. Um, those donations were really um, uh, tax exempt up until. I think a few years ago now, uh, you know, the the federal government starting to crack down on how much money you donate can mm-hmm. actually be tax exempt, and so wow, yeah, so now and that's and that's that puts a lot of athletic programs in a very precarious position because um, uh, boosters will people will start to shy away if 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 I give you ten thousand dollars and I know. I can write that ten thousand dollars off on my taxes. Yeah, I'm giving you ten thousand dollars. Yes, for sure. But if uh, government um, rules and regulations change, where only eight thousand of that dollars count, okay, great. Yeah. But uh, you you you're, you're going to get you know X amount. So it might it may decrease giving. But that's that's the name of the game: is the television contracts, the uh, ticket sales, um, uh, booster revenue, and revenue from sponsorships. These are your main revenue streams yeah. in college athletics. Uh, the the but then you look on the expense side okay. on the expense side okay um, just like any business and college athletics is a business let's make no mistake about it yeah uh, um, the on the expense side your major expenses coaches salaries and that's mm. all your coaches you know from gotcha. assistance on the yeah um, all the way up to the head yeah you know, and yeah. this is every sport yeah okay so the the majority of your um, expenses come from coaches salaries and then you have to tack on the benefits sure you know all those things. Uh, so that's your major expense right there. Then you know travel, um, scholarships, gotcha. Um, th- those types of things are major expenses. So what you find out is that um, uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, a couple of years ago, I think it was Texas A and M. Texas A and M. Get this, Texas A and M. In terms of revenue generated, somewhere in the neighborhood of one hundred ninety million dollars. Goodness gracious, help us. Um, and the, and that's because they went to the SEC and they got all this yeah. SEC money plus the other money they were they were still gotcha. collecting, but but they but they had an expenses like 120 million dollars in expenses. Oh my god! Yeah, so you see a lot of these, so your return. Yeah, so you see, yeah, a lot, yeah. you see a lot of these schools. Yeah, they they may generate 30 million dollars in revenue, but they may have like you know 32 million dollars in expenses. Mm. Yeah, so it's it's um so it's, it's not much about. about it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much money you you know you can save and the expenses that you cut. Gotcha. So um, yeah, it's interesting. My final question for you. Yes. Um, and again, we've um, we knew, especially in my course, and this is when I was my going for my second batch when I was here at Queens. Uh-huh. Um, we had some students in our class, some student athletes in our class. We had some track kids. We had some volleyball girls. Um, yes. We also had a few lacrosse players as well. My question is to you. Um, 
and again, the final question, I guess we could, you know, have a conversation about, but, you know, um, how will athlete payments, you know, change college athletics pertaining to revenue sports and non-revenue sports? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, when you start paying athletes again, I'm not going to say it's Pandora's box. Cause I, I, I want to make, I want to make it clear that again, I, I, again, full disclosure, I was a student athlete. Yeah. So I understand the life of a student athlete. Got and it. I teach, of course, you know, yeah. the majority of students in my um, in my sport management program are student uh, student athletes. Student athletes, yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, I'm still vicariously living the life of a student athlete. So, but the the way, in, again, the way in which you open Pandora's box with, with all this is that um, there's so many questions that need to be answered. Mm-hmm. So you start paying athletes, okay, do we is it a blanket payment for starters non-starters for revenue sport um, uh, teams versus non-revenue sport teams and revenue sport teams for the most part in college athletics are football and men's basketball yeah those are your, those are your those two are primary uh, revenue driving sports there are others but they, they pale in comparison to football for sure. and basketball in terms for of sure. generating um, uh, income and so how much do we pay these folk uh, how these, you know, these young men and young women and you know what's fair, especially in the in a social system now, in a social environment now, we're talking sure. about equity and equality for everybody. For sure, you know, um, males and females, whatever they may, yeah. whatever we may, be, uh, whatever gender you as, as, uh, ascribe to. Um, what what is what's what's fair and what's equitable for everybody? Because these are term, this is terminology you're starting to hear in college athletics. You know, we want everybody to have a fair and equitable experience. Yeah. So what? What's good for the football team should be good for the you know, men's soccer yeah. or, or the golf team, you know, yeah, for sure. whatever. You know, it, it it should be good for everybody. Yeah. So that's one of the questions that we have to uh, ask off the bat. Another question we have to ask is how much? Mm. How much is that's a great it? question? And um, you know, based and, and that's going to be based on okay, a private institution versus a public inst- a state institution. You know, different. Yeah, it's going to be different. different. So you have a, a different tuition. Um, uh, amount and different room and board, et cetera. So I'm not against payment. Trust trust me, I'm not. Mm-hmm. But we're going to have to come out with a system and, and think through a system that's going to at least on the... It's going to have to be fair in some kind of way. Now, here's the other thing. I just said that, but at the same time, it's, it's going to seem like it's like double talk. The reality is never going to be fair. Yeah. I mean, I think this, the process that we should should put in place should look at things fairly. Gotcha. It should be a fair process, mm-hmm. but in reality, everything's not going to be fair, because the reality is you have different school systems uh, with different tuition models, yeah. um, and different different institutions are, are are grappling with different types of issues, and so um, in different states, you yeah. know, so you take like a, you know a, a state like California, you know, high taxes, yeah, um, and will this money be taxed? <laughs> you know, will this money be taxed? Yeah, you know. And if if so, okay, now young men, sixteen and seventeen or seventeen, you know, eighteen years old, sure. have to you have to file, you have to file with the IRS. Yeah, you know, and how does that, how does yeah. that how does that affect you in the yeah. long run? Yeah, and we were talking about the uh, you know had Northwestern football successfully won their case for unionizing. Yeah, and that, that's that's another. If you've ever been a part of a union. Uh, you have to pay union dues. Yeah. Yeah, you have to pay union dues. Yes, sir. So now I'm paying union dues. Uh, and now, now, now see, when, it, when, it, when you start paying people, you have to, you have to read um, taxes. There's two yeah. things you can't avoid those saying, death and taxes. Yeah. <laughs> so taxes come into, um, taxes come into play. Um, and again, I'm not saying that payment shouldn't happen, but these are all the things you have to consider Yeah. when payment does happen. Gotcha. Um, and, how much does a young man or young woman know about taxes and tax structure yeah. and, um, you know, bank accounts? And, you know, a lot of kids don't have bank accounts. And what does all that mean? Yeah. Um, and even managing money. Gotcha. Those types of things. Uh, and, and, again, state economies and, and state rules and regulations when it comes to, you know, paying. So now, am I, so, so now I think you and I talked about this, about this earlier. So if now I'm getting paid. Am I looked upon like as a university employee? Yeah, am I an employee now? Yeah, am I an employee now? And am I, I go, part of board meetings now? Right, and go to HR. And, yeah. And do I have a say now in the university governance? Yeah. Do I? Yeah. You know? It's a good question. Um, and, and you know, if, say for example. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, say for example, you know, uh, we're, my wife gets pregnant. 
Yeah. And she has to go on maternity leave. She can go on maternity leave. And so do I. So, so for example, <laughs> student athlete. Yeah. You know, she pregnant. This, we give her you know, maternity leave. Maternity leave. You're an employee now. Are, 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 so, uh, yeah. so once we pay, are they now employees? And who's the money coming from? That's a good question. Where's the money coming from? Yeah. That's another, where's the money coming from? It's <laughs> a great question. Yeah. Um, it, well, I was going to say, so the first two episodes of this, I did not uh, actually reveal my answer. Okay. And I, since it's the final installment, <laughs> mine was very simple. Uh, I felt like it should be to each his own. I feel like the NCAA usually does not step up and say anything right. when it comes to academic fraud unless they have. Well, they are usually responsible, and they say we're going to put our hands, you know, our foot down for this university for violating academic fraud. Yeah. By the way, kids, it happens everywhere. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> if they're going to put their hands down, you know, and right. put their foot down, okay. Well, here's my thing. Mm-hmm. You got a player that is a transcendent player that you finally got into your building. Mm-hmm. And some booster reaches out to them and says, hey, look, I see that you know pretty little thing or that hot guy that you're talking to on campus, mm-hmm. and you don't have any money. And I know you probably want to go on a date. So it's very simple for me. NCAA wants to enforce the whole academic stuff. If I stay eligible academically, I should be able to take any monetary money from anywhere so I think that athletes should uh, should not have to be paid by the school mm-hmm. but they should not be uh, penalized or rest- for taking or, impro- or, or restricted or, or restricted from yeah. taking improper benefits yeah. and for that one reason I think that look the NCAA look you keep your noses clean when it comes to anything academic and hey me I do my thing on the field okay I still fill up this you know stadium I fill up this dome whatever this arena and I get, you know, I'm financially stable and happy. Yeah, what people have to realize, too, is that um, that um, universities, colleges and universities, agree to become a member of a conference. They agree to become a member yeah. of the NCAA. For it's sure. not mandated that yeah. a college or university be a part of a conference. Yeah. Or And you see this all the time. You see teams moving from conference, conference to conference. conference yeah. yeah, you see a lot of conference jumping. Yeah, and so you're not, you, you know, you don't have, you have no obligation to a conference. Yeah. Um, you have no obligation to the NCAA. If if a school decides that we no longer want to participate in college athletics and we just want to run a club team, for example, fine. That's that's the universities that, because universities are autonomous entities. Mm-hmm. They're autonomous. They're autonomous, and the traditional universities, brick and mortar, are a nonprofit. Got so it. there's a non, there's a there's a nonprofit autonomous entities that mm-hmm. do not have to be a part of a conference or a um, uh, or an organization like the NCAA. Got so um, I think the 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 um, again in a capitalistic society where we believe in you know freedom et cetera et cetera. And I, I to your point, sure if if a young man or young woman sees that their market value. In an in in economy, yep. a free economy, free market economy. Yep. If I see my market value and someone wants to compensate me um, voluntarily, they want to <laughs> you know, yeah. take, take young Jovan out to dinner. Um, yeah. And of course, you know, there's always, again, the illusion of impropriety and the corruption. Is he going to throw a game? Is he, is, sure. is he dealing with the For sure. This is this with the UNLV yeah. issue back in the, in the early 90s, yep. you know, uh, with, um, with uh, Tark. Uh, Jerry Tarkanian, the head coach and the mm-hmm. players, you know, um, uh, Larry Johnson, all those guys, Stacey Aukman, I'm kind of dating myself, but yes. Um, <laughs> but, you know, yeah. but that that's that's the risk you run on that end. Gotcha. And that's the risk you run on that end. So, again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. the ethical issue. So there are, there will be some ethical issues, but I just think it's, I think it's beyond time that we think about um, compensating our athletes, student athletes, uh, or, or again, better yet, I think it's, it's high time that we um, really explore the life mm-hmm. of a student athlete because okay. I think the general public just sees um, and still it's, it's, it's unfortunate that these are just dumb jocks yeah. uh, who are just out there, you know, uh, and everybody knows the system for the most part. I, I should say right now, but everybody kind of sees some of these systems. Um, some of the things happening in, in college athletics as being hypocritical. Yeah, for sure. And when they see that, they become cynical. Yeah, uh, um, and and you know cynicism reigns, and nobody really takes a, a really hard look 
at the life of a student athlete. I forget the running back. I think it was Adrian Foster when he's at Tennessee. Yeah, he talks. You know, he talked about like how a lot of his friends had to sell drugs. Wow. Again, I'm not advocating that. Yeah. But they were selling drugs so that they could eat. Mm. You know, after practices and everything like sure, that. Sure, sure. Again, I'm not advocating. No, okay. To sell okay. Drugs. I'm just saying what we need really really need to do is take an honest and deep dive and take a deep look into the life of a student athlete and gotcha. see what their what their weekends look like traveling, trying to study. Yeah. Um, you're going to get hurt. Yeah. You know, some kind maybe, you know, some very severe, some mm-hmm. maybe not so much, but you're going to get hurt. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to go see a, a, a physician, maybe a trainer. That's going to happen. That's part of it. Especially yeah. when you play a collision sport. Sure. Um, those things are going to happen, but we need to take a deep dive into the life of a student athlete so we can understand. So when somebody brings up the issue of payment, we don't jump from, um, we don't just jump to the conclusion where they shouldn't get paid. Or so we'll have some context, sure, about what we're what we're discussing in regards to payment and being fair and equitable. Because without context, we're going to make some erroneous decisions and conclusions about student athletes and what they should or should not do mm-hmm. without really understanding the life of a student athlete. You know, just a real quick story. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll be quiet. Um, <laughs> when I played football, I just um, uh, I was I came out of high school with a bad ankle injury that that healed up. Yeah, you know. You know it didn't heal up properly, but it did heal up. Yeah. So I was playing on a bad ankle already. You know, of course, I was still getting injured. Um, fractured my wrist really bad. Mm-hmm. You know, and this, um, it, even though it was my left wrist, I'm right-handed. It's still, I still had to, and you know, you, you still got to. I got some nicks still. Yeah, yeah, I still need two hands to kind of yeah. operate and function. Fully. For sure, yeah. So now I have to figure out how to navigate life. <laughs> with one of my, you know, I'm wearing this old school. I'm wearing like a old school cast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, you, you know, think about it. you know. I see athletes all the time walking around on crutches. Yeah. You know, um, the knee braces that alter right. that alters your life. Yes, sir. It alters your life. How yes, you sir. move around, how you get around. Mm-hmm. You know, if your friends want to do something, you can't do it. Yeah. You know, if you're trying to get to the calf, hey man, you know, can you bring me something back? Because I yeah. can't walk and I'm on this medication. So you know, and that that's another ball of wax right there. Yeah. The meds, the medications <laughs> that, yeah. that people are on, and that def- and listen. You can't tell me that this stuff does not affect your ability to study as a student athlete. You can't tell me that because it does. Okay. It does. I got you. Well, Professor Lyons, this, Dr. Lyons, this has been (laughs) the best thing ever. I'm so happy that we got to do this. Those out there want to get in contact with me, it's uh, my Instagram and Twitter is jovination 23 and of course, my email, if you want to get in contact that way, is peaceofmind2327 at gmail.com. Again, you are the first ever guest. Oh, thank you guys. The Context <laughs> Podcast. Um, look forward to your uh, questions. Any inquiries would be great. But uh, this has been an unbelievable experience. So I will send us off with some modern music, I guess. Here we go. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-hmm.